And now, an Envision Financial podcast with Luke Smith on Canberra's 2CC. Friday afternoon. That explains why everybody's feeling so happy and positive. It's a Friday. Friday's always got a feel-good vibe to it. Fridays also mean, of course, that uh, right after the 4.30 news, it's time to welcome to the studio for our weekly dose of common sense, Luke Smith from Envision Financial. <laughs> Good afternoon. <laughs> common, the only problem is common sense not so common anymore. That's what they keep telling us, yes. but I'm pretty sure you're giving us good advice. Well, I hope so, but I think, you know, there's a there's a generation of kids out there that, you know, wouldn't know what it was if it bit them on the bum, so that but, must mean I'm getting old, far out. Well, it does. That sounds very much like an old person comment. It does, doesn't it? Oh, my but, God. But uh, how do you obtain common sense? Well, the old-fashioned mm. way is trial and error. You know, you make all those foolish yeah. mistakes and gradually you acquire common sense. Yeah, I think someone now just sends you a message on Facebook and <laughs> says you've got it. I think that's that's where the young kids get it from uh, now. So. I don't know about Who that. Knows? Today we're talking about mm. the downsizing legislation and how selling your home can help your super. So I yep. guess the most obvious place to start is what exactly is downsizing legislation? Yeah, so this piece of legislation was introduced a couple of years ago um, that came into effect for the exchange of contracts after the 1st of July 2018, where you'd taken your family home, which in some instances can have a significant amount of value tied up in it, especially for people that take advantage of the legislation because you must be over the age of 65 when the transaction is done. Um, to be able to use this piece of legislation and for that older generation that may be looking to retire from the workforce, they've had a whopping great big house, the three or four kids have moved out and and mum and dad are rattling around in it um, and mum or dad are getting sick of cleaning it. One strategy that a lot of people are looking to try and take advantage of now is downsizing to a slightly smaller place having maybe something that they can lock up and go travelling with without having to worry about gardens and all those other sorts of um, frustrations, um, especially where you know your ankles, your knees and your hips may say, listen, you're not built for being in the garden any longer. Um, so it's a really good way for people to sell their home, buy something smaller and add to superannuation outside of the existing contribution thresholds which we know are 25000 for deductible contributions and up to $300,000 in a single go for a non-concessional contribution. So this legislation allows you to put in additional money outside of those two thresholds, which when you're looking at later in life, there are some key things that you know people can get advantages from. And one of them is that this legislation doesn't require you to meet a work test. So if we take a step back, if you're over the age of 65 and you want yeah. to put money into superannuation, you need to have worked in the year you make the contribution. Okay. And to meet that definition, you need to have done 40 hours in a 30-day period. Now, for people that are over the age of 65, being unable to meet that condition can make it hard for people to get money into super. So the government introduced this piece of legislation to say that that generation have a lot of their wealth, a lot of their capital value tied up in their family home that, as I said before, they may not need. Yeah. And they can then sell that down and say, right, I sold my house for 1.5. I bought a really nice place for 800000 and I can look to try and put up to $300,000 each into superannuation under this piece of legislation. So it's a really good way for people over the age of 65 to get up to $600,000 into their superannuation in addition to the existing contribution caps and bolster potentially the amount of money that they have in a pension that allows them to have everything paid to them on a tax-free basis 
both when they receive it, but also inside of the pension account where you pay no income tax and no capital gains tax. So really good piece of legislation um, and something that we're finding people are taking more and more advantage of, especially in the in the current environment where houses are just running off down the street at an auction. So Indeed. So the basic idea is if you've got a great big four-bedroom house, five-bedroom house, whatever it is, and you don't need all those bedrooms anymore, you yeah. can trade it in for a smaller model. It's easier to look after. Make a bit of cash on the side, and then what do you do with the cash? Well, the best place to put it, into the super. Well, superannuation is one place to be able to put you yeah. know, accumulated wealth. Now, people could also invest money in their own name. They could invest money in a family trust. They could use existing company structures, et cetera, et cetera. But I find that people want to try and limit the income tax that they incur later in life, and, a, and an account-based pension is a really good place to be able to invest in a wide range of different investments, and that could be physical property, depending on the nature of the super fund that you use. Um, but it's it's one of those things that if we can mitigate the tax and we can have access to our money, it's a very good way of bolstering you know, the way that we generate rental income, the way that we generate investment income and the, the things that we can use to fund lifestyle. Okay. So there are some restrictions, though, uh, on whether or not your house is actually your house. Um, like uh, it's not a caravan, it's not a mobile correct. home, it's not a houseboat, yeah. uh, that's not a house. Yeah, that's Even right. if that, it was your house. Correct, that's exactly right. So there are some very specific rules or thresholds that you have to adhere to um it needs to have been your primary home um so it says in the legislation that your home was owned by you or your spouse for 10 years or more prior to sale now a important distinction here is the house could be in her name right but the two of you can use the legislation to put three hundred thousand dollars each in it doesn't need to have been owned jointly okay um you need to get the money into superannuation within 90 days of receiving the proceeds. And there are specific pieces of paper that need to be lodged with your fund to notify them that you are going to use this legislation. Otherwise, without the right paperwork, it could be used as an assessment against your non-concessional contribution cap, which funnily enough is also $300,000 at the maximum end in a single transaction. So it's really important that you understand the paperwork side of this um, and you're engaged with your relevant professional, be it your planner, your accountant, um, get your paperwork right because you could miss out on a, on a, on a significant contribution here. Um, you can't do it more than once. Right. So make sure that if you're going to swing for the fence, you swing really well. Right. Um, and another thing is you can't put in more than the value of the proceeds of home. Of course. So the $300,000 threshold each... Yes. If you don't have that ammunition from the sale, you can't pull some cash out of your bank account and throw that in to top it up. Right. So it's got to come from the proceeds of your primary residence to be able to be um, accepted by the fund under the legislation as it stands. So a really, really good piece of legislation that is being used more and more, um, particularly for people that are no longer in the workforce but also that have had you know, a significant family home. Kids have all moved out. They don't want to keep it clean. They don't need it. They're rattling around, and they'd like to use that money for lifestyle for the, you know, the, the foreseeable future, which is awesome. What if you've only owned the house five, six, seven years, something like that? Because you know they say that people move on average every seven years. Uh, why the 10-year rule? Oh, look, again, I, don't, I didn't write the legislation. <laughs> um, but you know, I think as long as you've got a, a relevant argument that it has been your primary residence and it, it passes all of the other tests, yeah. I think you're well within your rights to you know, either lodge for, for an assessment to get 
uh, a definition clarified. Yeah. Um, but I think in most instances there, you know, whilst it says that, I don't know how stringent they are on, you mm. know, doing that. Well, if you've had it for seven or eight years, you might just wait another couple of years and then yeah. do it. And the other thing is it's, it's, it's your family home, right? Yeah. So, you know, you don't generally move that every two years. No. Um, so it's, it's something that is there for people to use. Um, and in today's society, especially, you know, with, with an entire country of people busting to go on holiday somewhere, you know, we've had three or four months of fire and dealing with fire, and now we've had COVID for another six to eight mm-hmm. months. Don't forget you know, the flood, the the hail, the mate, that's, plague of yeah. locusts. The I think if, if you can't <laughs> set it on fire, burn it, flood it or drown it, I think we've got nothing left. So um, people are busting to go somewhere, and this is a really good way for them to realise some of the equitable value in their family home. Uh, and and use that for lifestyle because it is generally one of the larger assets, especially for people in that generation where we've seen a huge swing in prices, you know, late 90s to 2000s and onwards. Um, You know, I see people that go, oh, well, I sold this for 1.5 and I paid $200,000 for it a million years ago. Mm. It's a really good way to top up super, top up your trust and have access to liquid capital um, because it's all well and good to have a lovely, great big home that you live in but when it comes to funding lifestyle you know it's 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 harder to generate income in the current environment because the what bank rates are offering cash is paying nothing fixed interest is very limited so yeah. people are looking for other opportunities to generate income i guess there are benefits too for people that might only have a, a smaller nest egg and uh, they might be perhaps uh, qualifying for a part pension if they sold their house and had all this money it might uh, it might be a problem for them unless they put it into superannuation. Well, uh, and again, it's it's the, very good point. They're going to get you on both sides there. So uh, one of the downsides of this legislation is that the capital is accessible where you are of age, pension age. Okay. So this isn't all cupcakes and rainbows. Right. Um, people need to keep this in mind because in, in the exact scenario that you talked about, you could have um, assets that are under the threshold limits receive the full age pension. You could have a $1.5 million house that's not accessible under the Centrelink tests. You could sell that. You could buy an $800,000 place Mm -hmm. and there's $700,000 of accessible assets that if you've got, you know, $100,000 or more in your existing super fund, off the top, mate, I think the maximum threshold is about $830,000 at the moment. You blow over that, you could potentially lose your age pension benefit. So you need to do the math on this. So there's a bit of um, bit of juggling to do. Yeah, and again, it's going to come down to always keeping in mind that the assets, whether they're inside or outside of super, are accessible. Yeah. And there are some strategic considerations there for people as well because if you've got one spouse that is of age pension age and the other isn't, assets in accumulation phase for super do not count under the assets test. So you could potentially put money into superannuation for one part of a couple and not have those assets assessed where there's a difference in age that is rather significant because she may be of age pension age and he isn't. Yes. Um, And if you put the money into superannuation and don't start a pension, then those assets are exempt until the younger person reaches age pension age. So there are some strategies and some finessing here that people need to be mindful of. It's not just, hey, race out, throw it into a smaller house, cash up and then keep getting the age pension. You need to go into this with your eyes open because you can you can get caught um, and it's something that people need to be aware of. All right, so how can people use the legislation to greatest benefit and what should they remember? Yeah, so I think one, you know, Centrelink, very, very important. You know, if you're already receiving a Centrelink benefit, do your numbers. 
um, look at the asset test, look at the income test, and have an understanding of how Centrelink will assess your new position because you have an obligation to tell them within 14 days of it changing. Yeah. Um, think about this legislation for the self-funded people. It's a really good way to add additional capital to what could otherwise be a completely tax-free structure where you draw an income stream out of a pension. Um, that's very advantageous because the difference between accumulating superannuation and paying up to 15% tax on earnings against having a tax-free structure that you could access money from throughout the year is potentially a very large tax saving. And, and again, you maintain a lot of liquidity. So think about using the downsizing legislation in conjunction with the non-concessional thresholds. So that would allow up to $600,000 each within a couple um, right. where you're under age 65 and don't have to meet a work test. You could actually get you know $1.2 million of capital into the superannuation environment, which is very appealing because, as I said before, if you can make all of that tax-free by starting an income stream, that's, that's definitely better than paying tax. Use some of the proceeds potentially to make contributions to superannuation where you can meet the work test. Some of the sale proceeds from your home could be used to make a deductible contribution. So think about or consider your tax requirements in the year that you sell the house as it may allow you to increase your deductions. You may be working part-time, you may have a fully taxable pension from the government. There's a range of other things that you could be receiving that are taxable. Um, so using some of the proceeds could allow you to make a deductible contribution and improve your tax position. Um, you could use it as a state equalisation. So you could put money into um, a spouse's name that doesn't have a significant amount of super, so you could equalise things. Uh, in relation to the transfer balance cap, you can be over $1.6 million, make a contribution under the downsizing legislation, you will still be in excess of the $1.6 million limit. It will just mean that any earnings on the money that have gone in will pay 15% tax. So just because you've got a government-defined benefit pension and you've gone over the assessable limit of 1.6, it doesn't preclude you from using this piece of legislation, which again is extremely advantageous um, and something that people can consider where you've got PSS, CSS, MSBS, DFRDB that are accessible against the transfer balance cap. So think about that as well. Um, I've also got in there, if you need to meet the work test, go out, find a job. <laughs> yes. Um, because that'll let you put another $100,000 in in the 12 months that you do meet the work test. So that, right. again, is advantageous. Um, and, like everything, and like everything, there's paperwork here. Make sure you fill out yes. the right form well, and, exactly. and you've got to get it lodged in time. Correct, that's right. You've got to have the proceeds from the downsizer contribution within 90 days of receiving them from sale. Um, don't muck around with that. Um, it's a bit like 30 June. Don't get cute. No. <laughs> don't be that person because um, it's very hard to sell your primary residence twice. Yes. Um, and if you have used it once, you don't want to miss out on, on the opportunity to do it again because the, the legislation doesn't allow for it. So understand what you need to do. Be prepared and give yourself plenty of lead time. Speak to your superannuation fund. Look, what paperwork do you want? What do we need to complete? How would you like it provided? You know, the last thing you want to do is assume that you can scan it in when they want it posted in an original and yeah. you don't get it any time. So, you know, as I say, don't be cute. Don't, don't, don't play with this. Be diligent. Understand what you need to do. Get your paperwork lodged. Understand the implications for Centrelink so that you can make an informed decision and make the most of this opportunity to bolster the amount of income you get in retirement. 
And we're talking about the downsizing legislation and how selling your home can actually help your super. Mm. So we've covered uh, pretty much uh, all of the important points, I think. But, yep. uh, Luke, what should people consider when uh, thinking about this strategy? Yeah, so look, if we, if, you know, we touched on a few of these before the break, but I think if we, if we keep in mind that there is an impact for Centrelink, so understand what's going to happen because you can be assessed against the income test or the asset test and you need to be comfortable that you understand the implications because the last thing you want to do is race out and do this and find you've just lost the age pension and you can't get it back. Um, remember, don't leave it too late. There are time limits and there's specific paperwork that needs to be lodged, so yeah. be mindful Cross of Cross your T's and dot your I's. There you go. Measure twice, better, once. It, it's better than crossing your eyes and, and dotting and your dotting T's. T's. That's exactly right. <laughs> Measure twice, cut once. Um, remember, it's for people over the age of 65. So if you're 62 and going, whew, I've got a massive house, let's get mm. on to this, slow your, slow your roll, cool your jets, yep, wait a couple of years, hit 65 and, and go from there. Yeah. Um, remember that it, it doesn't uh, preclude you from using this legislation where you're over the transfer balance cap which is $1.6 million in super, or you receive a government pension and it's applied to, uh, on a multiple of 16 to work out what the accessible value of your PSS or CSS income stream is. You can still use this test um, and use some of the proceeds. Don't just think about using this. Think about also your non-concessional thresholds, which is $100,000 a year or 300000 over a rolling three-year period, or consider your uh, $25,000 threshold if you're still working and you have a taxable income or you have taxable rent from other sources and things like that, think about using this piece of legislation in conjunction with things that could provide other tax benefits so that you've got a broad holistic approach to how you accumulate your assets in whatever structure it is that's good for you. Super is just one of the places you can you can dump your cash. Yeah, and of course I think one of the other key principles that you um, uh, brought up was that uh, if you're selling your house uh, to uh, engage in this strategy and uh, the profit that you make from your home is a, a lesser amount, you can't reach into your back pocket to top it up to reach the, the, the cap. On. You have Spot to. On. It, ha it yep. all has to come from the sale process. Correct, that's right. You can't say, oh, well, I've got 200000 and I'd like to put 300000 in. I'll just whip hundred grand out of the bank and dump it into super because that 100000 would need to meet the contribution thresholds, be it deductible or non-deductible, and would be exempt from this sort of legislation. So just be mindful of what you're doing. And that may be a case of saying, well, let's do it in one person's name instead of spreading it around or a variation of that depending on how much you have left from the house. And it could be that you potentially buy a more expensive home when you understand the Centrelink implications because you may want to get the you know, A form of pension, which you know is a dollar or more, and all of the pharmaceutical benefits and, and, and other ancillary payments that you're entitled to. Um, you may buy a more expensive house than you really want to to take into account the broader Centrelink implications. So just... Be mindful of that and look at it with a holistic lens. Fantastic stuff. And uh, if you're lucky enough to make more than the $600,000 represented by that uh, two-person cap, then you go on a holiday. Yeah, look, go out and, you know, as I learned today, you can buy a you can buy a Ferrari and, and you know, just do whatever you want to it. Um, I've, I learned this afternoon that that's a very good way to get rid of, you know, four or $500,000, so... Well, look, you know, if you need to get rid of money like that, I would suggest instead of buying a Ferrari, just give it to me. Well, it's first world problems, right? Indeed. <laughs> uh, okay, quickly before we go now, yep. uh, where can listeners get more information? Yep, so 62604749. If you're unsure how this works, you want to look at the strategies, you want us to model something for you to make sure that you know what you're, you're leaping into, 
uh, give us a call. We can we can make a time. Envisionfinancial.com.au on the website. We've got the Knowledge Centre. We've got information in relation to this as well. Uh, we've got the podcast. It's on Spotify and, and, and iTunes. Uh, the Strategy Stacker, where Luke talks money. And we've got the YouTube channel, which is Envision Financial Canberra, where we record the show, have the key takeouts before and after the break. And um, there's, a, there's a platform there for everybody. So Fantastic stuff, Luke Smith. We'll catch you again next Friday. See you next Friday.